Hi everyone, it's Dana with Stone Rose, and this is my very first episode. As I sit here and I begin to um, start this first episode, I have a lot of emotions. One is that, you know, I'm a little afraid. You know, of course, there's, you know, you're, you're excited at first, but then the fear sets in. But I told myself I'm just going to move forward even with the fear and knowing that I am a little awkward because I'm just starting this out. But let's dig in. So the first episode is a Q&A. I got a few questions, not a lot, but I did get one question in particular that actually came up a few times. And that question was, how do I get overbearing grandparents to stay in their place? So I, I, I think this is pretty common. You know, I know grandparents, they really care about their grandkids and they want to have a, a say in their lives. And I know it's important for the, the grandchildren to be a part of their lives. But I think one of the most important things um, in the relationship between you and your child's grandparents is just setting boundaries. I mean, we've we've heard a lot about setting boundaries over the last year or so, but it's true. It, it is a, an important part of making sure that, you know, everyone that you're communicating and clarifying the role that you want them to play as grandparents. So I I think that's like one of the number one things. But also giving feedback as soon as a behavior occurs. That way the receiver or the grandparent can remember exactly what you're referring to and there's no confusion. And also for you, giving the feedback immediately means that you're not forming any judgment and that you're describing the behavior and the effect that it has on you. So when you're describing that, um, those would be what, what we call in communication, I statements. So effective feedback includes I statements. So what that means is phrasing it in a way that it's not offensive. So for example, you could say, I become uncomfortable when, or I wonder, or I have found that those are like soft startups. Um, but also another uh, soft startup is um, starting out the conversation with thanking them for the help that they prov- provide. So that that's a soft st- startup. You want to be uh, soft, but also you want to be direct. So you don't want to hint around at whatever the problem is. You just want to come out and be direct about it. Um, when you're questioning or wondering, it's it's better to to be curious about why they feel the way they do or why they said what they said that because there's always the these underlying interests and positions so so whatever is being said or the behavior that's being done 
what I mean is there's always something beneath that. So you just always want to uncover what that is so that you can have a conversation uh, that is, is deeper than just the underlying behavior or whatever was stated. For difficult conversations to be successful, um, you have to know what the underlying issue is. And there's also levels to communication. You know, you have the you have the content, which is kind of like what the what consists of like information and facts. And then you have your emotions and you also need those things. You need to acknowledge both of those to also continue the conversation and for it to be the best outcome. So those are those are the things that I would say are most important, you know, in in communicating with the grandparents. So it's it's more that um it's more about you know a pro- the approach that you use because just like blades of a scissor, if you were to walk up to someone with the blades um, pointing out towards them, they may feel like they're going to get harmed. Um, but if you hold the blades in your hand and you're walking towards them with the handle, they feel safer. So it's, it's, it has to a, lot, a lot to do with approach as well. So I hope that answers the first question. The second question was about communicating with a narcissist. And now I am not an expert on narcissists and um, I'm still learning, but I do know that the best way that you can communicate with a narcissist is to ask clarifying questions. This will sometimes help bring light to their own narcissist behavior and you don't want to apologize or disagree or agree with whatever they're saying. You want to try to stay neutral. Um, you can communicate phrases that sound like, like phrases that, that you say that could be something like, like, that's interesting, or I'll have to think about that. You don't have to be in a hurry to answer Um with them, you can take your time. So those would be some of the things that, that I would say about narcissists uh, communicating with them. And even though I don't have a lot of information about communicating with them. The next question that I got was about active listening. How do you listen? So um, when I think about listening, I think it incorporate, incorporates all of our senses. We want to listen with our whole being, with our eyes, with, um, you know, you want to listen for body language, for tonality. You want to listen to all those. Um, nonverbal listening is, is looking at facial expressions, um, how someone is standing, um, their position at a table, um, how close or how far they are, proximity, um, and how they gesture. Those would be some of 
the ways that you listen uh, and, and, you know, through watching. Um, attending skills would be looking at, um, you know, well, or a- actually staying silent, you know, just being comfortable with the silent. A lot of people aren't comfortable with silent. They, they can't talk and have a, co- a conversation with someone. Uh, and then when they drop silent, they get, you know, fidgety or nervous or they have to keep going. It's okay to be, you know, silent, you know, just be comfortable with the silent. Sometimes, you know, when you're silent, it prompts the other person to clarify more. So that's okay. And then encouraging comments, you know, that you can say is like, you know, "Uh uh-huh, okay, keep going, um, things like that. You can also ask questions to get further understanding of what they're saying. And then um, the the other part of that is responding. So you want to reflect, or sometimes people call it mirroring. So that means that when they tell you something, and then you just say, so what I just heard you say is, and then you kind of, you, you kind of, you know, reflect or, you know, restate what they said. Um, you can also summarize, or you can paraphrase using your own words. I think that those are really good skills to be a good listener, and not just we always hear this listening to uh to get ready to talk next. Krishna Murte says to be able to really listen, we should abandon or put aside all prejudices when we are in a receptive state of mind, things are easily understood, but unfortunately, most of us listen through a screen of resistance. We are screened with prejudices, whether religious or spiritual, psychological or scientific, or with daily worries, desires, and fears. And with these fears, for a screen, we listen. Therefore, we listen really to our own noise, our own sound, not for what is being said. So that concludes the first episode I'm not sure how I want to end these podcasts yet, but I want to thank everybody that's out there that listen. There's will be more to come. We'll go deeper into communication and hopefully it will shed insight and uh, some people will have some growth from it.